Good morning. It is good to be with you. I'm Pastor Mike, one of your pastors here at Hope, and it is indeed a delight to be with you. In our sermon series, we are taking a deep look at the message that Isaiah gave in the ninth chapter. We're taking a very deep look, and what I'm going to specifically look at today is that those words, the government will be on his shoulders, okay? That's what we're going to talk about today. The government will be on his shoulders. Before we go too much further, let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you and I praise you for your glory. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us, that you would open our ears and our hearts to hear and to receive your word, that you would bless our hands and our feet to be doers of your word and to practice it in this world. It's in Jesus' name, the word made flesh, we pray. And all of God's people said, More than a dozen years ago, N.T. Wright, an Anglican bishop and a prolific Christian author, he wrote these words, he spoke these words to a congregation on Christmas Eve. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Uh, Unless, he continued, you sigh with relief at those words, you really haven't been listening What we need just now, more obviously than ever in my lifetime, is someone to shoulder the burden, someone who can get under, pick up our multiple problems, and carry them for us. So let me ask you these questions. When you hear these words from Isaiah, the government will be on his shoulders. Do you sigh with relief. I hope you do. And if you didn't, I hope you will. All too often, in this world, we put the pressure of perfect leadership upon a mere mortal. All over the world, of every time, in every culture, every nation, every tribe, we have done this. We put that pressure of perfect leadership upon a single individual. We see it in election cycle after election cycle. We see this going on. We see people hope, and then we see frustration, and then we see disappointment. We see resentment and anger followed by re-election or coup or revolution only to be followed by hope disappointment frustration resentment and anger like I said this has been going on for millennia let me give you an example that comes straight from the Bible It was King Hezekiah. Now, when Hezekiah was little, his father was reigning. His father is Ahaz, and his father did not pay attention to two major concerns of the the nation of Judah. Just, Just to back up and give you a little more context, this is a time when Israel is divided into two kingdoms. Kings on the north, Israel. Kingdom on the south, Judah. His father did not pay attention to two major problems. One is the problem of idolatry. In fact, Ahaz himself, he practiced idolatry. He sent his own child to the fire to be sacrificed to a god made of stone or wood or metal. 
He also wasn't paying attention to an outside threat, the, the, the empire of Assyria. The empire of Assyria was actually coming down upon the northern kingdom and it was beginning to wipe out the northern tribes, never to be found again. Ahaz just continued to practice his idolatry and everything else. Hezekiah comes about. Hezekiah comes onto the scene and words were spoken about the time he was born or slightly after. And the words were this, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Hezekiah was a good king. He was a really good king. He paid attention to those two major threats, and the first one that he paid attention to was the problem of idolatry. He got rid of all of the strange places to worship. You were only supposed to really worship according to King David and what God had blessed, one God in one location at the temple in Jerusalem. So he got rid of all of these kind of high places all around, all around uh, Judah because the high places were also where idolatry began to creep into people's lives. He reformed the priesthood. He reformed temple worship. He was so concerned about idolatry, he actually got rid of something that Moses himself had made, a bronze serpent. You can read about that story earlier in the Bible, but because Moses had made him, because this was a, such a special thing to, to the Jewish people, they, they, they began to worship, not the God who told Moses to make it, but the thing itself, Ahaz, or, excuse me, Hezekiah, he ground it up, got rid of it. We worship one God in one location, and we do it right. And the second thing he began to do then was to begin to tend to the problem of an outside threatening empire. And he did well. And so when these words that Isaiah spoke early on in his lifetime, they began to attribute those words to Hezekiah. And the government, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and, and the government will be on his shoulders. But Hezekiah never wanted those titles because those titles did not belong to him. Those titles belonged to someone greater. For Hezekiah knew that he could never fulfill those titles that were put before him. He could never be the, the, the son given. The government will be on his shoulders. He could never be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. No, that would be heresy if he took that title on. He would not be an everlasting father. His reign would end after 29 years. He would not be the prince of peace. No. You see, after Hezekiah died, his son Manasseh rose to the throne and did not behave like his father, but began to practice the idolatry of his grandfather, and he too had his own child sacrificed in the fire to a god made of stone or wood. So, should we place our hope in mere human rule and government or something or someone else? 
I'm voting for someone else, something else. I'm going for Jesus here. Jesus was, yes, human, and he was God. The titles spoken by Isaiah around that 720 years before Jesus Christ was born, they would fit Jesus perfectly. They would fit Jesus perfectly 700 years before he was born. They would fit him on the day Jesus Christ was born. They would fit him on the day he died, the day he rose, and they would fit him today, 2,000 years after he has been raised from the dead the glory of the Father. For Jesus is the one who is prophesied here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. His government, his reign, his dominion is perfect. As I did a lot of research on that word government in Hebrew, the root there is this, protection. Protection. That's what Jesus Christ does for you and for me. He protects us. Jesus Christ, his protection, it brings about surprise. It should not be unexpected for in all the ways of men that are predictably frustrating, God's rule, God's dominion, God's protection is so much different. Where did Jesus begin his reign? Where would... Jesus' rule, where would be his coronation? No other than at his passion and crucifixion and death. He was given a king's robe, a purple robe. He was given a crown of thorns. And he was declared king by the shouts of angry soldiers and a placard written of the charge that hung upon his own cross, the king of the Jews. And indeed, that is what he was. Or should I say that is what he is and shall be forever. For he was raised from the dead on the third day, never to die again. He never to die again and to offer everlasting life to all who in faith call upon him as our Lord and Savior. It was at the cross where he became the most vulnerable, where he protected you. It was in the insults of the soldiers where he was proclaimed king, not only of the Jews, but also of all people of every tribe and, and nation of, of every time. For there he was declared my king and your king. And there at his cross, he bestows upon you protection, recovers you with mercy and forgiveness. For in his reign, your sins are forgiven. Your death is defeated. And he bestows upon you everlasting life. So when you hear unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulders sigh with relief for this burden of this world 
the burden of this world that's on upon your shoulders, all that you have done and all that you have left undone, all that you have wanted to control but could not, all that is bearing down upon you, he lifts that from you this morning. I know this is a busy time of year. I feel it. I experience it. We all do. Work gets busy, especially when you're a pastor. It's partly our fault. Blame us. Family. They're good. They're awesome. I love my kids. But they have a lot of things this time of year. And so we just look forward. We just want to get through this month, just get through the Christmas season so that January can roll about and we can start all over again. There's the poor behavior of people around you that you got to try to control and, and to navigate. There's the pain of this world that gets thrown upon you. And then there's illnesses, sometimes mild and sometimes serious. And it just gets all down right here. And you just need someone to lift it from you. I ran across a story. Um, it was written by Ray Pritchard. He tells a story of a man by the name of George McCausland. George was the executive director of a YMCA. And the YMCA that he was part of, it was falling apart. Membership was declining. Everything going around him was just terrible. And he was trying to hold it all together. So George was working 80 hours a week. So one day he grabbed a, a notepad and something to write with and he went off into the woods and he wrote a resignation letter not from his job his job was important it was a good thing but he wrote a resignation letter to God and this is what he wrote Dear God, today I resign as general manager of the universe. Love, George. Let God take the burdens of the world from your shoulders. Let God and Jesus Christ take your sin upon himself. Let God take it from you. For this good news, it's for the addict who turns their addiction over to God. It's for the person who has received a diagnosis of impending death. It's for the depressed and it's for the anxious to know that there is love and connection and peace. It's for the burdened sinner to know that there is forgiveness. It's for all who are living under the threat of death and to know that God is making all things, even you, new. For unto us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
I hope you can sigh with relief at these words of promise that the prophet Isaiah spoke to you long ago that are meant for you to hear this morning. Let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you and I praise you for this day. And I pray that you would bestow upon us your peace, your comfort, your strength, and your hope. That we can look upon you with delight and enjoyment. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.